0: This is the Voice of Reason with Andy I don't think I've ever felt so overwhelmed with so much news coming out. And really important stuff, too. We have financial issues. We have voting issues. We have the election from California. We have the military trying to pull some shenanigans. We have a coup right underneath our eyes. And what the heck are we going to do about it? Plus some great conversations with some guests on the program today. Welcome into The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. But we are all over the country, multiple radio stations, multiple TV stations, live streaming on multiple streaming channels, plus the podcasting thereafter as well. You can find us all over the place. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Welcome in. Boy, what a wild Wednesday it is. We're going to try and cover the best that we can. I know you've heard a lot of this stuff throughout the day, but uh, there's a lot of things that I want to really try and break down because one thing that I think other talk show hosts don't do is really make it relatable to you. Going to work, at work, doing your thing throughout the day, trying to bring food home for the family. Uh, What does it really have to do with you and how important is it at your daily life? Oh, it is important, and we need to be aware of this stuff. Welcome in. Great to have you along for the ride today. Uh, Elizabeth Johnston, she is the author of the book Little Lives Matter. She'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the Texas heartbeat bill. And the attack from the federal government, really a battle of federalism going on there. Federal rights versus state rights on there. And uh, the litigation that's going to come from that one. But the state of Texas trying to ban abortion and actually promote, you know, lives. All lives matter. I know it's a very controversial thing from the other side of the aisle saying that all lives matter. It's a very controversial thing. So we'll get uh, into that at the bottom of the hour and have some fun with it. First and foremost... Before we get into the frustrating bit, let's get into what's trending for the day. What's
1: trending today?
0: As you know, the California recall elections were yesterday, and we talked about it on the program, Breaking It Down. Was there hope for a conservative Republican to take over the state of California in that governor's race and recall Governor Gavin Newsom? And obviously that did not happen, according to the New York Times, with 70% of the votes reporting in officially as of 20 minutes ago this Thursday. 63.9% of all voters said no, they do not want to recall Governor Newsom. Now, with 46 different candidates on the ballot, it was a tricky one, so that's interesting. But the vast majority showing up voting no on the recall, meaning Governor Governor Gavin Newsom, is still in power. What does it actually mean for the state of California? Could you say, well, it's a progressive state anyway. Does it really matter at all because we kind of expected it? There were some progressive liberal candidates on there as well trying to get Newsom out, too. But he had a lot of money coming in. He's kind of the the nice, slick, good-looking dude from Hollywood. So, of course, he was going to have a good chance. To get in there. I was really hoping as the Eternal Optimist, I was hoping for an opportunity for a conservative Republican to win that, but not yet. Now is not our time. Here's the kicker the media won't report on because they're saying, well, it was we called it yesterday. We called it like two days ago. It was a landslide. It was going to be a big win for Gavin Newsom. It was going to be great for him. They forgot to mention that being a recall election, how many votes do you think actually came in on this election? Anybody know? Show of hands? How many people actually turned out to do the recall election to either openly say, no, I do not want to recall, or yes, I do want to recall? Not to people like, I don't really care. I'm just going to show up and see what's on the ballot. No, no. The people that actively went, I mean, you would think that the people wanting a recall would actually turn out and say, yeah, baby, we want to turn out for this. And people that thought that Newsom should be in there would just be like, yeah, I'm not going to show up because I don't want to vote for an alternative candidate which sometimes gives an advantage to recall elections, but not this one, obviously. But do you know how many votes actually came in for the recall? 9.1 million votes have been cast. Total, total for the entire state of California, 9.1 million votes. Have been cast in the election. 5.8 million for the no, they do not want a recall. They want to keep Governor Newsom in place. 3.29 million votes have been cast for the yes, we want the recall. And it breaks down from the candidates thereafter. Do you know how many registered voters there are in the state of California? In the 2020 general election of November of last year, there were over 20 million registered voters in the state of California. Do you know how many eligible voters there are in the state of California? There are 20, according to the California Secretary of State's office, there were 25 million eligible individuals to be registered to vote in the state. So out of 25 million potential voters, we got 9.1 million voters. I hate to say this, but this goes back to the same adage that we talk about all the time is that elections have consequences. And if you don't turn up for the even small elections, then all the elections have consequences. Uh, Yeah, Because now you have a situation where you still have a guy in power where during his victory speech last night said that yes on COVID mandates, yes on vaccine mandates, yes on the mask mandates, yes on COVID restrictions, shutting down your businesses. That's why he won, which is why I said all the candidates, including Larry Elder, including all the conservatives that potentially had a chance in this race, needed to stay on topic, which they did not do so. And they tried to go to the personal attacks of Newsom that is bad politics, in my opinion, as a wannabe player political strategist uh, sitting on the sidelines out of Wichita, Kansas, looking outside in on a California governor's election. But Newsom said during his election speech yesterday, yeah, you know what? Yes, yes. On COVID stuff, people want COVID restrictions. People want vaccine restrictions and mandates. People want mask mandates. People want businesses shut down because they're non-essential because to hell with those people running those mom and pop shops. So California, you didn't turn out to vote. And that's why you have Governor Gavin Newsom still in power. That's all I want to say about that, because, uh, I mean, they c- could have they have done something. Probably. They probably could have actually changed the tide. They, even if they didn't get a Republican and they're just a different Democrat to say, Newsom, you're an idiot and you've handled the COVID-19 pandemic horribly over the last year. And votes have consequences. Elections have consequences. And when you have nine million people out of a potential 25 million person voting base turnout, that's not a good voter turnout at all. That's kind of like a local city councilor, county commission turnout of a you know twenty percent voter turnout in uh, the state of California. So if you don't turn out, you can't change anything. Elections do have consequences. Voting does actually matter. And if you want to continue with the massive tyrannical socialist uh, abuse of power on the private sector type of mentality in California, then I guess that's what you're going to get. And that's all I got to say about that. Uh, in other news, let's get into the other big news of what's trending what's trending today. Now there's obviously a massive coup going on which we saw for prime example in California but we've also seen it across the nation at the federal level as well with the massive overhaul of the socialist agenda at the federal level since Joe Biden has taken office between the massive COVID stimulus payments between now the universal basic income, I mean child tax credit payments that we're starting to receive. This is month number three now of receiving those paychecks across the nation for children even people that don't even qualify for it because they don't make enough money are now receiving that so not sure how it's considered a child tax credit as opposed to just universal basic income because you have children between the infrastructure package between the three and a half trillion dollars in federal spending in this new federal budget that's coming up just this massive socialist overhaul across the entire nation there's also another coup going on that's very disturbing that's been coming out over the last day And most of you know the issue, of course, being the uh, with the story of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, where he made those secret phone calls, secret phone calls to China and uh, disregarding the potential orders of then Donald Trump, president of the United States, listening to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, over the current sitting president. And the argument has been. Because he was not in the right mental state, he was so concerned about voter fraud and that the election was stolen from him that he was, he was in an odd mental state and therefore they weren't going to listen to Joe, uh, the now-president Joe Biden, then-president Donald Trump, which is very concerning. And a lot of people have talked about, you know, obviously needing the phone calls with China. Sure, they make phone calls with China. Who cares? Because that's communication ongoing. But what was actually discussed, see, what they try to do and with the media and with how these guys actually report this stuff when they're questioned on this is they don't actually answer the question. Have you noticed that when you ask, when you ask them a direct question, did you, General, talk to China about keeping arms away from Donald Trump, keeping the nuclear codes away from Donald Trump, actually staging a coup unconstitutionally against Donald Trump because you were concerned about his mental state. And their response is, well, we always have conversations with China because it eases the tension and we make sure that we're communicating well so that way something isn't misinterpreted. You realize that they try and find these falsehoods to twist the story, to not actually answer the story, but try to say that they're actually being firm with you and actually being steadfast. And this is what they always do. This is what Democrats have done. I mean, you had uh, Hillary Clinton back in the day talking about, at what point does it really matter with all those people that died in Benghazi? What At what point does it really actually matter? Because that's their response. It doesn't matter now. Things have moved on. Just forget about it. And let's focus on today so we can continue to do the same thing, but we just don't get in trouble for it. And they've tried to change the narrative. Now, I do want to get a little bit into the constitutional arguments here because I think it is important. Obviously, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution says the president shall be the commander-in-chief of the Army and Navy of the United States and the militia of the several states. When called into actual service of the United States, he may require the opinion in writing of the principal officer in each executive department upon any subject relating to duties of their respective offices, and he shall have power to grant uh, reprieves and pardons of offenses against the United States, except in the case of impeachment. Now, Constitutionally, that's what happens. The president is the commander-in-chief of the Army and of the Navy and of the militia of the United States. Not the chairman of the chief, uh, the joint chiefs. Not the head military guys. In no way, shape, or form do you have the joint chiefs actually saying, you know, and, and in history, as far as I'm aware, do you have them saying, you know, Not really in the right mental state. We're a little concerned about him just pulling the trigger on this whole, you know, nuclear arson and just bombing everybody because he's not in the right mental state. If that were the case, they would invoke the 25th Amendment for mental instability, which we probably should have done back at the end of January on Joe Biden because he still can't remember his name and he says something stupid every single day. But that's besides the point. Donald Trump was not in the wrong quote unquote mental state. Do you agree or disagree based on his election accusations? It's up to you. Doesn't matter. But I hope you realize there actually is a process to, you know, fire off nuclear missiles or to, you know, use the military against something. It's a process, and you have to actually go through the process. And if there was truly a concern about what was really happening with Donald Trump, there is a chain of command to where when he gave the order, it has to be, you know, uh, consulted with the military to find the best option. Then you actually execute the plan. Then you actually communicate with the soldiers to actually do the plan, and so on and so forth. There's a process there. And if the process was actually being instigated... Then they would have come out and said, you know what, Donald Trump gave this order. I don't feel comfortable doing so. Hey, public or hey, Congress, maybe you should address this and stop him because I don't agree with what he's trying to do because he's out of his mind. Did that happen? Absolutely not. Why? Because that's the way the process is. But they're not attacking Donald Trump right now. They're attacking you. They're attacking you with your lack of intellect, with your lack of understanding in the process because we should know that process is there, but because they're not talking about that in the media and because they just said that they were concerned about a mental state of Donald Trump, therefore they were consulting with China, they were consulting with uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and they were not abiding by the commander-in-chief that was the president of the United States, then Donald J. Trump, means that... They don't want you to know about that process. They were just concerned he was going to randomly just flip the switch in the middle of the night when he was wandering aimlessly around the White House in his robe and just fire off a missile at, you know, say, China and just blow him into smithereens. Because that's totally logical, right? Again, they're not attacking Trump. They're attacking you and your ability to actually understand common sense. More on this when we come back. The Stay voice here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. 24 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio TV live streaming podcasting. You can find our live stream on all of our social media, except for the YouTube, which we are suspended until December. That's cute. But you can find us on the rest of them on Facebook, Twitter, twitch.tv, the uh, Instagram, TikTok, ourfreedombook.com, all that good jazz with the handle at who's your Reason on all of them. Also on the website at who's your reason.com, h-o-o-s-e-r reason.com. I don't want to get into the weeds with this issue. Because you've heard the details from other people who are obviously higher up and have more connections in the government to get more details on that. So I don't really want to do that because I just, I don't want to, you know, beat the dead horse on that front. What I do want to do though is widen the situation and widen the discussion and talk about it from the fact that this is just another attack on you because they think that you are incompetent. They think that you are ignorant. They think that you are naive. They think that you need help, that you need protected, that you need the government because you just need to blindly listen to them and what they say because if you don't just blindly follow and listen to what they say then you are the problem with society you have the department of homeland security saying right now that trump supporters and that the ones clinging to their guns and bibles and and that the uh, you know right wingers that are concerned about vaccine mandates and everything that they're the domestic terrorists and they're the threat to the nation right now This is the mindset, not just in the health department, not just in the Biden administration as President Joe Biden, not just as the other ones that are in different agencies and departments, but in our even military, who's now it it breaks my heart. And I've heard this from so many other people that the military has turned into a massive social experiment where, you know, obviously, God bless our men and women in, in uniform and everything they do. It's not the ones actually on the ground doing stuff. It's a lot of the higher-ups making the decisions, and the ones that are actually on the ground, the boots on the ground, have to deal with all this crap. We just pulled out of a 20-year war where you couldn't fire a firearm without a 20-page report that you had to fill out because you can't do your damn job. You have to go through all this red tape to where you have to do these operations and not harm anybody or anything. Then Biden walks in, ends up blowing up the wrong people, ends up ending the war in a very horrible state, gives the terrorists that we've been fighting for the last 20 years the entire country, says that now they're our allies and that they're all great and that they're doing wonderful things. And then we pull out and let them just let everything just crumble before our eyes. And it's a massive slap in the face for every military service person that's actually served over there and has been partaking in trying to keep this country safe. The corruption, the elitism, goes beyond Hollywood. It goes beyond just the Democrat National Committee. It goes beyond just the President of the United States. We now have the military doing the same thing. We have Nancy Pelosi pulling those strings because she's been there for so long. She knows how to do that properly at the federal level. This is a massive issue. Because why don't you just blindly listen to what we say? They're the ones saying uh, to, to disregard the actual you know, process here, disregard the Constitution that says the president uh, shall be the commander-in-chief of the Army, the Navy, and the militia of the several states in Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 of the Constitution of the United States of America. Regardless of the nuclear process, which according to the Business Insider— says that the president needs to, uh, does have sole authority to call for a nuclear strike. However, you meet with the military advisors, the meeting takes place in the Situation Room, then you actually go through with the strike if the order is verified, then the military gives the president authentication orders, and then they punch in the orders, and then it gets sent to the actual military people that uh, the missile is, whether it's on a submarine, whether it's you know at a base, whatever, and it's an entire process. And you would think that if a general says, you know what, the president's out of his mind, he just asked for a nuclear strike and we're not going to give him the code because it's not sanctioned, that that would be the new story. Instead, it was, well, we're concerned of the mental state, so we're just not going to listen to him at all. Instead, we're going to call the generals of China and we're going to talk to Nancy Pelosi. And that's the story they're preaching to you because you're too stupid. Just follow along with what we tell you with the mainstream talking points. Don't listen or understand the process. Just go along with what we say. The elitism has hit at such a critical level, they think you're stupid and don't understand this, and they don't want you to understand it because they want you to think Trump was the threat, so therefore you put them back into power. Imagine how delusional you have to be to be in that mindset. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win! Just find us at Who's Your Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at Who'sYourReason.com. We know you're on social media already so bring some reason into your day why because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do when reason meets radio you're listening to the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Yeah, what a crazy day. There's a lot to talk about. I still want to talk more about this general elitism out of Washington, D.C., what's going on with Joe Biden, with this military, with the coup that was done under Donald Trump. I mean, is there any going to be repercussions? I certainly hope so. But I don't know if there will be or not. We'll get back to that in just a little bit. Plus, uh, I mean, the Federalist battle going on, which is a perfect segue into the next topic here. The Federalist federalism that's going on, the Again, I'm the glass half full kind of guy, the eternal optimist. I think there's an opportunity for us to learn about some of these topical issues and understand the powers between the federal versus the state governments as the latest, of course, with the state of Texas passing that Texas heartbeat bill now being challenged in the courts from the federal government because how dare you do something as your own state trying you, you know, to defend the sanctity of life. How dare you? I know! Welcome back in radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, national broadcast of The Voice and all over the country. Let's get into the latest and what's trending with our next guest. What's trending today? To talk about the Texas heartbeat bill, the challenge of it, and the importance of this bill and what it could mean for other states as well. Super excited to have on the program. She is the author of the her latest book, Little Lives Matter. <laughs> Triggering for those again, too. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, she's a best-selling author you can find her book at elizabethjohnston.org you can also find her on the tweety and the social media as well at ej ministries on the social media but elizabeth hanging out with us today elizabeth how are you today
1: hi it's great to be with you i'm great
0: yeah it's great to have you on the program i i really appreciate it uh first off with your book love it little lives matter that is fantastic uh, are you getting some good response from the book
1: Absolutely, parents are just fed up with the harmful messaging that kids are getting uh, in public schools. You got books like "I Am Jazz" and "The Gay BCs," uh, and uh, even recently, two abortion doulas wrote a book about abortion, wow. extolling the wonderful, you know, virtues. Of of uh, killing your child, and so you know we're tired of whining about it. We decided we're going to do something about it. So we basically created a literary ecosystem for kids, where if you subscribe at BraveBooks.us, you get a different conservative book for your child. And when I say conservative, I mean a book that teaches right from wrong, the values of freedom, uh, faith, and family. Uh, You get a different book to your doorstep every month written by a different conservative icon. Um, Dan Crenshaw is one of the upcoming authors. The Hodge twins, uh, a lot of people know them uh, as the two black uh, conservative comedian brothers. Uh, Just got some great people signing to be authors. And I just love my book, Little Lives Matter, which launched uh, last month. We don't talk about abortion in the book. Uh, It's just a book about a little bear who was born without his front paw and how Culture the Vulture tried to um, uh, convince mom that little Moby's life does not have any value. And of course, Mama Bear stands up to Culture the Vulture and says, Absolutely not. My child's life has intrinsic value, regardless of whether he has his front paw or not. Mm-hmm. And she uh, keeps her child. And uh, the story so beautiful. It ends up with actually Culture the Vulture returning and wanting uh, Moby to understand that his mom's elderly life does not have intrinsic value. So this beautiful book, Little Lives Matter, talks about the sanctity of unborn life, the sanctity of disabled life, and the sanctity of life at the end of life.
0: I love it. It's a perfect, uh, it, it's a perfect message for kids, and I love the book series as well. We did talk to uh, Ashley Saint Clair a couple weeks ago about Elephants Are Not Birds oh, from book number one. So uh, you know, your book number two in this uh, series, and another one coming up with book number three that will get on the program as well. So I, I'm so glad, and I love what you guys are doing with this with this saga because. Uh, There's so much. We've talked about it so much on the program that the messaging, the agenda has been getting lower for younger and younger and younger children. I mean, obviously, we're seeing critical race theory in our public education system now, and we're talking about it, you know, high school, middle school, elementary school. We're asking about gender preferences and explaining what genders are and pronouns. I mean, this is the lunacy that we're dealing with. So actually having a positive message is kind of important for children at that developmental stage.
1: Yeah, and uh, actually, Critical Race Theory is one of the upcoming books. Uh, right. The Hodge twins are tackling Critical Race Theory. So just got some great topics, um, freedom of speech, cancel culture. Uh, and again, it's, it's not that expensive. I think it's like twelve ninety nine a month, $12. Um, this book comes with this big, sturdy, beautiful, colorful map that you can put on your wall. And when you get a new book every month, it comes with stickers like the villain, the different characters, um, and you, you learn your child or your grandchild or your niece or nephew basically enters into this world called Freedom Island that Brave Books uh, has created. And on Freedom Island, your kids are learning these amazing principles, but it's done in a just a very light, appropriate, beautiful manner.
0: I love it. We're talking with Elizabeth Johnston, author of the book, The Little Lives Matter. You can find that at bravebooks.us. You can also find her website as well and uh, and order some of the stuff there. Let's talk about the importance of this issue. Obviously, with the Texas heartbeat bill being kind of a major Mm -hmm. thing that was passed in Texas, I mean, great. I mean, we're finally moving in the right direction and states finally standing up and saying, this is what we stand for. This is what we believe in. I don't care what the federal government's doing because we have states rights and we're going to do this. How important and how do you think it's going to be a ripple effect from Texas to other states with this type of legislation? Uh, Or do you think that they're going to be so browbeat from the federal government that it's going to intimidate other states to try and promote this type of legislation?
1: I do think it is going to inspire other states. You know, we were telling them when Donald Trump was president, you better do it now. You better do it now. Now's the time. You won't get any pushback from the federal government if you do it while Donald Trump's president. (laughs) And, you know, it was really disappointing to see uh, Republican governors of states not have the gonads to do this when Donald Trump was, you know, president. And now they've got the pushback to deal with from the federal government. But you know what? I have noticed, and I bet you've noticed this too over the years. It's almost like the only time conservatives act like they believe their principles is when a radical leftist is in the White House. Yeah. It's almost like they just coast when they when their guy is is in the White House. And so this may actually be the best time for us to watch governors across the nation begin to enact different strong legislation to save the lives of the unborn. But there's never been a more important time to talk about the sanctity of human life. Look at what's going on in Afghanistan with women and children being slaughtered. Look at what's going on in um, Australia and Canada with like two years of lockdowns, going on close to two years of lockdowns in some of these areas uh, where there's just absolutely no liberty. There has never been a more important time to talk about these topics of liberty and the sanctity of human life, Amen and it's that. hard to do.
0: Yeah, it is. Everybody's hearing at their
1: phones. Who, who's who's even having these conversations with young people anymore? Um, everybody's looking at their devices. Who's having dinner together anymore? Like that's the beautiful thing about this is at the end of every book, they have games to play with your kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews. They have activities and discussion questions. I did these discussion questions when I got my book. With my five-year-old seven-year-old nine-year-old and i was blown away by the conversation that
0: we had that's amazing and we've shied away from those conversations even at the dinner table they've told us for years not to talk about religion or politics at the dinner table which i think has uh, created the lack of conversation between the parents and the kids to teach them at that young age at the same time we've had a movement over the last few years that told conservatives if you're going to stay relevant in the political conversation You need to shy away from the social issues when it comes to the LGBTQ thing, when it comes to abortion issues. It's so controversial. It's very emotional. As conservatives, stick with the financial thing, stick with the political thing, don't talk about social issues. And I think we've really taken a step back and we're trying to regain that momentum, aren't we?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I think we're talking about uh, decapitating babies in their third trimester, drowning babies in salt solution, that this is you know, whether you want to call it political or not, it's just a life and death issue, and it's it's uh, something that is is critical that we we talk about. But again, this this book is a, a beautifully illustrated children's book that never even mentions the word abortion. Yeah. It just places the topic of the importance of human life, the value of human life, you know, in a very um, palatable way where the child doesn't even necessarily realize. Uh, the impact that the book is having on them. And, you know, as they grow and start talking about these topics more, they'll realize, you know, the principles that their their parents and grandparents and teachers, you know, were passing down to them.
0: Amen. I love it. Little Lives Matter is the book. Go and check it out. You can find them at bravebooks.us. As you mentioned, do the monthly subscription. Get the book every single month for your children. Uh, for just about a minute or so before we have to let you go, uh, what other projects are you working on? Are you working on some more kids' books? Because I love this concept. I love this idea.
1: Isn't it brilliant? It's like, yeah. why didn't we do this a long time ago? I'm really shocked some, someone hadn't already <laughs> thought about it. Um, yeah, but I, I do not have any books right now in the works other than this. We just launched this baby, and I'm um, just so proud of it. Again, if everybody can go to bravebooks.us, you can just grab one book. If you want one in particular, if you're really passionate about the pro-life topic and that's all you want, just grab that book and see if you like it, and then and then go back on the website and subscribe if you want or get the subscription, and uh, you're not going to regret it. Again, the book, the map, the stickers that come with it, um, your child, it, it's almost like, you know, Marvel has a world. Well, Brave Books has created a world called Freedom Island for your child to learn some really important uh, concepts. We've got some great authors coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, this is just such an important topic right now.
0: It's amazing. I'm so glad that we're focusing on this and uh, promoting the right stuff, bringing back family values, having the conversations with your kids and teaching them the right thing, making them think again, which is amazing. You can find her ElizabethJohnston.org. You can find the uh, the podcast, find your blog, find all your speaking stuff along with your books as well. And of course, the book Little Lives Matter, which you can find at bravebooks.us. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the program. I love it. Let's get you back on again real soon.
1: Sounds great.
0: God bless. Hey, you as well. Appreciate that very much. All right, right, we'll take a break. We've got one more segment wrapping up right around the corner. Uh, such a major issue. And as we talk about trying to promote family values, this is how you change it. You want to get rid of the elitism where they think they're above you and you're stupid and you're just ignorant and you just don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah, this is how you do it. You talk to your kids. Make them more educated at a younger level to where my 7-year-old understands that, Dada, Barack Obama's a bad man. Or, dad da I really miss Donald Trump. When you get to that level, then you know they're already smarter than the President of the United States. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at, hoosiermedianetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at reason.com. The show's not about me, it's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at hoosiermedianetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at reason.com. You're
1: listening to the Voice of Reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back in. Last segment here. You know, there's one thing that resonated with... Elizabeth, when she, I mean, there are multiple things. She was a great guest. We got to have her back on the show again. But she said something that really stuck out that I I was pondering over the break. And that was that Republicans don't fight as hard when they're in power, but yet they fight really, really hard when the other side's in to try and actually be the obstructionist, which is very true. And we've mentioned that many times on the show as well, is that conservative Republicans, especially uh, the Republican Party in general, I'd say the conservatives do relatively well actually trying to push their agenda. But we missed a huge opportunity. If you remember the first two years of the Trump administration, we didn't get a whole lot done because we had the obstructionists. Until the midterms when we kind of cleaned house a little bit, and then we kind of fought uh, there. But for the first year, at least, we had, oh, I don't know, we had Jeff Flake, we had John McCain, we had Mitt Romney. Well, Mitt Romney wasn't in yet, but now he is. Uh, we had a few others, that uh, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins. We had those obstructionists to where we had the majority as the Republicans, but yet they would vote with Democrats to stop what we're trying to do because we're quote-unquote too radical you know, that radicalism of trying to lower taxes for individuals because we want lower taxes because we're conservatives and we realize the government doesn't need all that money. I haven't had a chance to do it, but yes, tomorrow we're going to break down the budget and some of the numbers that are coming in because they're so absurd that they need some attention and we need to realize and acknowledge the fact that we have a spending problem. We don't have a money problem, we have a spending problem. You need to go to the AA and just acknowledge first thing you need to do in acceptance, right? Except you have a problem. Yeah, You need to accept you have a problem in spending, but yet we're not, and we're wanting to spend a heck of a lot more. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But Republicans have done a terrible job in leadership. uh, Republicans in general, the establishment Republicans, like the status quo... But they realize that they've taken hold of the concept that they do really, really well in off-election cycles when they're in the minority and that they can fight to say, we will change this when we get the power. So we give them the power, and then they don't do anything. So uh, they've kind of taken that. Everybody has their own little niche. Democrats have the niche of when we get in power, we're just going to ram through everything we can and blame it on Republicans if we don't get it. Uh, And they've taken that little niche, and they've done really well there. Republicans say, we're going to do things, and then when they get in power, they don't really do it and just kind of go along with the status quo. And then when they lose power, they say, well, give us the power back and we'll change this stuff because we're really angry. But yet they allow things to actually slip through. And now, luckily, we're starting to get Republicans to speak out again because of uh, Joe Biden, because of what's going on at the federal level, which is good. I just wish we would have prevented that in the first place by actually speaking out and doing what we said we were going to to make Republicans happy and content by continuously voting for them as opposed to only voting for them when we're really, really angry and we're in the minority. Uh, point in case is that there was the, what was it? the It was the U.S. Senate Committee on Foreign Relations. I found this hilarious. Talking about kind of putting this nice little bow on it, we had at the beginning the general's uh, unconcerned, about the mental stability of Donald Trump, which is why they were calling China. They were uh, calling upon the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, because they were concerned at the end of the Trump administration about his mental stability and a potential nuclear, uh, you know, pulling of the trigger for a nuclear missile, which is asinine. It's stupid, but that's what they try to say because that's their excuse because they want you to stay dumb. Again, they know the process. They don't think we know the process, so therefore they can pull the wool over our eyes and just blatantly lie to our face and that we're just going to sit there and accept it and just think that it's all right. It's more of an attack on you than it is on Donald Trump. Remember that. It always is. It always has been, and that's the way that we're moving forward as well because they can blame Trump while do whatever they want to and just say Trump was the problem. We're starting to speak out, but I find it hilarious. There was a, a hearing with the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, at the U.S. Senate Committee on Foreign Relations and one of the senators i believe his you pronounce it risk uh, risk was asking about cutting off biden's microphone in the middle of doing things this is what he had to say and stop the president look we've all seen this we saw it as as recently as yesterday somebody in the white house has authority to press the button and stop the president cut off the president's uh,
1: speaking ability and sound who is that person <laughs>
0: I think anyone who knows the president, uh, including members of this uh, committee, knows that uh, he speaks very clearly and very uh, <laughs> deliberately uh, for himself. Uh, yeah, yeah, he speaks very clearly and he speaks for himself. We rally around him. He's the one coming up with the ideas. He's the one doing everything. He speaks articulately. By the way, Blinken, I can't get over that name. Kind of reminds me of the movie. Hey, Blinken. Did you say Abe Lincoln? No, I say Abe Lincoln. I said Hey, Blinken. <laughs> just me anybody remember that robin hood men in tights mel mel brooks movie no all right anyways people are starting to wake up and realize and yet how long can they keep the charade going that joe biden actually has his own mindset when he can't remember his name half the time when he's on stage but secretary of state doing whatever he can trying to laugh it off doing the whole hillary clinton cackle doing the whole uh kamala harris cackle He's incomplete of his own mindset, doing his own thing, and no one cuts off his microphone, hit, hint, wink, wink, although we have multiple videos of them actually doing it. Time for us today, podcast up in a little bit. I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice Reason, back on the radio tomorrow. We'll see you then. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you.